Our second passage continues, our second reading continues the passage from Luke 3 with the verses 15 through 22. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he shall burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. But Herod, the ruler who had been rebuked by him because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the evil things that Herod had done, added to them all by shutting up John in prison. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we've come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing in your sight. Our Lord, our rock, our Redeemer. Amen. Friends, today we are picking back up with the narrative lectionary. The lectionary that we followed throughout the fall that started in Genesis and led us through the Old Testament, which at Christmas crossed over to the New Testament with the birth of Christ. If you were here Christmas Eve, you heard Luke's version of the birth story. You also might have met my cousin, Brianna. She was sitting behind Heather. Now, Brianna and my aunt and uncle and I have grown much closer. They live down in Leesburg, so we see them more times a year than we used to because when I was growing up, they lived in California and we lived in Tennessee. When we were very little, we both lived in California and we saw each other several times a year. Then when I was uh, 10 or 11, we moved to Tennessee and we didn't see them for years on end. Then about seven or eight years ago, I got a call from my Aunt Susie. Hey, your cousin Brianna's getting married. We'd like you to officiate the ceremony. And I showed up, and Brianna, this little girl who I remember, was a woman. And she was getting married, and it kind of blew my mind, because to me, I hadn't seen her since she was a little girl, and in my mind, she was still a little girl. She jumped from a child to an adult. That's kind of what happens in the Gospel of Luke and in all the Gospels. Jesus goes from a baby to a 12-year-old to an adult. And his adulthood, it seems, begins with his baptism. That's when his public ministry starts. That's when his adult life begins being recorded. And today is the baptism of the Lord's Sunday, the day we remember Christ's baptism. And Luke begins talking about Jesus' cousin, John. And John came preparing the way for Christ and preaching repentance of of sins through baptism. 
And he preached a message of God's love and forgiveness. And people loved the message and flocked from all around to hear him. He moved so many people that people began to wonder if he was the Messiah. As they were baptized, the people said, what should we do? And he said, well, if you have two coats, give one to someone who has none. If you have food, give it to someone who has none. And then the tax collectors came forward and said, what should we do? And he said, well, don't take more than you should for your own personal gain. And then the soldiers came forward and they said, what should we do? And he said, don't pillage, don't take more, be satisfied with what you're paid. Don't take advantage of those who you conquer or rule over. And he said, one is coming more powerful than I. One is coming who I'm not unfit to or I'm not fit to untie his shoe. I baptize you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus was baptized. And the sky opened up, and a voice from heaven cried, This is my Son, the Beloved. In Him I am well pleased. And an image like a dove descended upon His head. And then John was imprisoned. Several things jumped out at me in reading Luke's version of this story in preparation for this sermon. Three times the people asked, what then should we do? Now that we've been baptized, now that we've been claimed as God's children, now that we've been forgiven, what do we do? And this is a question we should ask ourselves. Whether we were baptized as children, as adults, whether we've never been baptized, whether we know we still know that God claims us as God's own. And as God's beloved children, what now should we do? And I think we look to Jesus and look to Jesus' example. Immediately after the Spirit descended upon Him, He is thrust out into the wilderness. He is thrust into the ministry. He's thrust out into the world to teach and preach and to do the work of God. But what does the Holy Spirit look like when it descends upon us? Scripture tells us, that if we read the English version, that it looked something like a dove. And this is the image we often use for the Holy Spirit, a dove. A beautiful, white, pure bird. A peaceful bird. A holy bird. And we're comforted by that. And we like that image of of the beautiful white dove descending upon us. Nadia Bowles-Weber is a Lutheran pastor out in Denver who's become very popular, written several books in the past couple years, gotten very popular on the speaking circuit. And one story I heard her tell was about when she was first starting her church, a house for all sinners and saints. They had nothing. And a church gave them hand-me-down banners, uh, much like the banners we have around the church. And they said they were going through the boxes, very exciting to have something to put up in their church. And they came across the one for the baptism of Christ. And so they stopped and they dropped it. Because the bird looked like this huge hawk. It was a frightening, terrifying-looking bird with talons extended like it was ready to sink its talons into Jesus. 
And she said it was terrifying. But that there might have been something to that. That maybe sometimes when the Spirit descends upon us, it sinks its talons into us and won't let go. That maybe sometimes the Spirit calls us to dangerous situations. To places where we might not feel safe, not might, might not feel comfortable. A friend recounted this past week of one of her first baptisms. Two boys, a four-year-old and a seven-year-old, and she went over to their house and practiced with them in the sink so they would know what to come. And first she baptized the seven-year-old boy and everything went smoothly. But then it got to the four-year-old boy and all of a sudden he did not want any part of it. He stood next to his parents, would not let go of their hands. She tried to take his hand, lead him over to the baptismal font. Finally, they moved in mass, and she put the water on his head, and he started screaming, I don't want it! I don't want it! And trying to brush the water off his head. Sometimes I think if we knew what was involved in baptism, wouldn't we react the same way? Wouldn't we scream, I don't want it, I don't want it, I want nothing to do with it? Dietrich Bonhoeffer was one of the most popular theologians of the 20th century. He was a theologian and pastor in Germany as the Nazi party came to power, and he spoke out against them, and finally he fled to the United States. But the Holy Spirit had sunk its talons into him, and he couldn't let go that he needed to be home fighting against the injustices of the Nazi party and against Adolf Hitler. So he went back to Germany and he preached against the Nazi party and their philosophies and he spoke out against them. He participated in a plot to try to kill Hitler even though he was an avowed pacifist. And he was arrested and he was put in a concentration camp and he was killed. He tried to run but the spirit had sunk its talons into him. He tried to play it safe, but the Spirit was calling him to somewhere dangerous, somewhere unsafe, somewhere outside of his comfort zone. As I was reading, I was struck by an interesting note in the Greek. The Greek word for dove also is the Greek word for pigeon. Now we sure like the Holy Spirit descended like that of a dove. But how does the Holy Spirit descended like a pigeon make you feel? What do you think of when we think of pigeons? First, I think of Ernie and Bert, because if you remember, Bert liked to feed the pigeons and liked to be around pigeons. You know, I asked Heather, she thought of Mary Poppins. But then you think about dirtiness and bird poop and harassment, and birds that won't go away. And I think there might be something to that too. I think sometimes the Holy Spirit calls us into the dirtiness of the world. Calls, our hands to get, calls us to get our hands dirty. Not to stay off clean and pretty, but to really get into the muck of the world. And to take the good news out into the dirtiness. Isn't that what God was doing? God was descending from heaven into earth. 
coming to the brokenness of our world, coming to the sinfulness, the dirtiness, the filth that we had dredged up. Isn't that what the incarnation of Jesus Christ is all about? I've spoken before about how I really admire the new Catholic Pope, Pope Francis. And I think part of that's because the Spirit calls him to get his hands dirty. doesn't call him to be set apart. On Monday, Thursday, he'll go to a prison and he'll wa- literally wash the feet of prisoners, of immigrants. He goes out and kisses people who are seen as unclean. Jesus' ministry took him to all sorts of unclean places. In fact, that was one of the criticism of him. He must be a drunkard and a glutton because he parties with drunks and tax collectors and prostitutes. He goes to all these unclean places. How can he be a holy person? But if we don't go to those unclean places, we aren't doing God's work. So part of me really likes the image of the Holy Spirit as a pigeon, as a normal, everyday, dirty bird coming down to call us out into the world, into the brokenness, into the mundane. Whether we are baptized or not, we are God's beloved children. So what do we do now? We follow the Holy Spirit. Whether it's the Holy Spirit as a dove who calls us to be peacemakers. Whether it's the Holy Spirit with its talons outstretched that calls us out of our safe spaces that's dangerous, that sinks its talons into us that won't let go. Whether it's the annoying pigeon Holy Spirit that just won't go away, that calls us into the dirt and grime and brokenness of this world. Maybe it's all three, three in one. That sounds vaguely biblical. We're called to follow the Holy Spirit. I want to end with this quote from the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williamson, who said, Baptism does not confer on us a status that marks us off from everybody else. To be able to say, I'm baptized, is not to claim an extra dignity, let alone a sort of privilege that keeps you separate from from and superior to the rest of the human race, but to claim a new level of solidarity with other people. It is to accept that to be Christian is to be affected. You might even say contaminated by the mess of humanity. This is very paradoxical. Baptism is a ceremony in which we are washed, cleansed, and recreated. It is also a ceremony in which we are pushed into the middle of a human situation that may hurt us, that will not leave us untouched or unsullied. And the gathering of baptized people is therefore not a convocation of those who are privileged, elite, and separate, but of those who have accepted what it means to be in the heart of a needy, contaminated, messy world. To put it another way, you don't go down into the waters of the Jordan without stirring up a great deal of mud. Amen.